1: Live. college
2: football, football, uh, yeah, uh, football playoff top 25,
1: is Good Tired, strong tradition of Superior Performance. You the Christmas tree?
2: or put one together. We fill the yard colorful light, or classic lights, inflated, light, or handmade. Do you go for high tech lane, or something? How could you say that? The Home Depot here. Let's Do you have three free pillars added by black artificial crystals? Well, the Home or sailing, or stealing? Well, direct TV business has a resatisfaction against the sure. 15-0 of but wait a plan. When our customers are on hold, let's up their satisfaction so you hold the for the for the weekend. Sorry, what is it? It's Glenn for the mailroom. DJ, did it What? He goes by like DJ they We're way downstairs. Glenn <laughs> <laughs> for the mailroom. To create our beers, we allow the best ingredients. You. Yo, hey, what's up, buddy? small
3: not too much man, how are you feeling?
0: Um, better. Still dealing with some headaches, but uh as far as like train of thought and remembering whether I took a you know, what I did with something and just kind of uh that hazy feeling, that's pretty much that's gone.
3: So Bill Hayden's not just standing for millions of dollars, you're telling me. What's that? Okay, Bill Hayden's not just standing, it's going for millions of dollars telling me.
0: <laughs> you know, I, when I talked to the doctor, he really said that it, it, the concussions are so individualistic. It's uh, it, it, there's no rhyme or reason why one person can have worse symptoms than another person with similar things. It's just the way it happens. So I still think Joe ripping us off, but I don't I don't know if
1: it's not the concussions. Um,
3: yeah,
0: sorry, sorry I had to miss, man.
3: No, we're all good. Me and John had did one, too, and then I, you know, hadn't uh, – because, you know, I usually call him. I didn't get back over the line, so he didn't even record anything. So, I finally threw one last one together, that Saturday morning. So.
0: <laughs> These calves, man, fucking make your free throws.
2: No, they, they they're shooting terrible. It was,
0: man, I would have thought for sure this was the game they were going to come out and make a little bit of a statement.
3: Detroit's tough, man. You know they finally arrived this year. You know, so.
0: Mozgov just looked horrible. That was one of the worst games I've seen that guy play. He's
2: still not hundred percent though. Let me, you know, and he's been playing on it, which I don't understand,
3: you know, why we have to – uh, it doesn't make – the whole
1: thing doesn't make sense to it to me. Um, I now You want to do NFL, get it out the way real quick? I'm sure Ohio State's
3: in this, John All right. I mean, it's pretty much just NFL picks, so,
1: yeah. This is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. NFL Week Eleven. I am D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred.
0: And I'm Jake from Youngstown. To see us, we're talking the National Football League.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, down to the nitty gritty. We're going straight picks for every game this week. Um, no more
0: fantasy advice, because if you don't get it by now, you ain't gonna, you're not going to get it. So, <laughs> pick up Danny Amendola if you can. There you go. There's your fantasy show. <laughs> well, put some chlorine in the pool because we're going to Jacksonville Thursday night
3: football. The Tennessee Titans go in to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. <sighs>
0: Yeah, uh, two fairly even teams, except they both are evenly bad. Uh, Tennessee just has better defense, I think, at this point. Uh, Mariota's back and healthy. Jacksonville's terrible against the run, but Tennessee doesn't run the ball real well either. I think this is just going to be one of those crappy Thursday night, bad football games, neither team prepared. I'll take the better defense at this one and take the tits.
3: Yeah, I love. I I actually like Kelvin Smith and that Jacksonville defense. Um, I think Mariota's still trying to get right, even though uh, he's 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 good decent at times. I like Bortles and the Jags to get the win at home uh, and keep rolling and keep fighting in that in that division. You know where five games might be able to back backdoor you into the playoffs. Uh, that's
2: sick. <laughs> Don't even say that.
1: Sunday action. The St. Louis Rams take on the Baltimore Ravens. The Rams
0: looked really bad last week, I mean, real bad, and they were, they were at home too. I think uh, either way, uh, Baltimore got robbed, as we know. That the NFL came out and talked about how that game should have ended on the offensive penalty, so they're going to be a little bit better. And you know, this is the type of I know Baltimore's out of it, but they still have better pieces than St. Louis. If you can get if you can get Gurley to be shut down a little bit, uh, St. Louis has nothing. They're going to Case Keenum now. They really don't even have any weapons to throw to uh, that, that make any plays downfield. I'm going to go ahead and take Baltimore at home.
3: I don't know what to take, make of this Baltimore team. Uh, they're at home with this game.
1: I love Case Keenum. The Cougars are undefeated. I'm rolling with the Cougars quarterback. Give me Give me the St. Louis Rams here to get the spark going with Keenum coming in. Heads up so far.
3: Well, the quarterback that got Rob Ryan fired, the Washington Redskins go in to take on the Carolina Panthers.
0: Yeah, you can't go against Cam in this one. The guy's playing great. He can dance all he wants. Uh, his best, Like he said, the best way to stop it is don't let him in the end zone. Uh, Washington's not going to be able to do that, despite having a good effort against New Orleans. Uh, and actually, Kirk Cousins looked like Joe Montana, but New Orleans has a tendency to do that. I don't see it happening again against the stingy Panthers. I'll take the Panthers.
3: Yeah, I think that the that, uh, Redskins get some points. Uh, I think the Burgundy and Gold get some points in the fourth quarter, but not in the first three. That Panthers defense is getting healthy at the right time. Charles Johnson back and Keekley out there roaming around. Josh Norman is still the best quarterback in the league after you seen Richard Sherman get burnt all last week. I like the Panthers here as well. By the time, is undefeated, and the Denver Broncos go in to take on
2: the Chicago Bears.
0: Chicago's a team that's definitely trending in the right way here, and now Denver's got to go to Chicago. Uh, I don't know if Forte will be back, but I don't know if it matters with the way Lankford's running. Jay Cutler seems to have found something. Uh, I don't like Brock Osweiler on the road here in his first start of the season. I'm going to take the Bears to pull the upset. I agree with you here on that upset.
3: I think this is Jake Cutler's revenge. Um, the, the Broncos just don't have their mojo right now, and Osweiler is not ready for prime time, definitely not ready for the midway in Soldier Field. Jeremy Langford looks like a young Gale Sayers out there. Now, I'm not trying to <laughs> don't kill me, Bears fans, but, I mean, the guys look amazing. So uh, and Cut was hot, so you got to ride the hot hand while it's hot. So, and uh,
0: you know he's motivated to beat the Broncos always. Actually, pretty crazy. I just looked at it, glanced at the line. It's uh, actually the Bears are favored by a point, so it wouldn't be an upset. But think about where that line would have been three weeks ago. Yeah, they would have been probably Denver minus six or seven. So interesting uh, how three weeks can change perception in the NFL. Well, talk about
3: changing perception. After eight weeks, Tony Romo enters the Dallas Cowboys, take on the Miami Dolphins.
0: Dallas' long nightmare is over. Uh, Tony Romo comes back to play a Miami team that is pretty bad. Uh, there might be a little bit of rust on Romo, but it, you know, I, I think that he's the type of quarterback that's going to step up to the occasion. Uh, they're desperate for a win. They're still in this division somehow, some way. Uh, that's, that says a lot for the division. But uh, I think Dallas finally, with Romo back, they're energized. They get the win over Miami.
3: They're still in that division because it's the Giants, the Eagles, and the Redskins in the division. I mean, that's why they're still in. Oh. <laughs> well,
0: we've got a couple really bad divisions this year. <laughs> Put it that way. You look at this There's game.
3: Not-
0: Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, and for once, it's not the uh, NFC South that's the worst division in, in football.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. You, you look at this game, and you're excited that Tony Romo's back, that they were playing anybody else, but they're playing the dirtiest player in the game with a Dominick suit on that Miami Dolphins front four. Um, he gets a cheap shot on Romo. <laughs> Romo doesn't make it through the game. I'm
2: calling it right now.
3: I like Miami <laughs>
2: Oh, you're brutal.
3: (laughs) I'm just calling it the way I see it, brother. (laughs) Speaking about seeing it, Alvin Smith won't see the field this year because the Oakland Raiders' gamble has been suspended.
0: They take on the Detroit Lions. (laughs) About time the NFL uh, kicked Alvin Smith out of the league for a while, and the guys hitting and running and driving drunk multiple times, meanwhile... There's Josh Gordon sitting on the sidelines for having a drink on his way to Las Vegas, but I'll digress on that. Um, anyways, in this one, uh, Oakland, Oakland's the better team here. Detroit's got a little bit of hype coming off of that win against Green Bay, but they had their manhood challenge last week with all the talk of how they haven't won Lampos since the Eisenhower administration. I just don't see this this Detroit team being very good at all uh Oakland uh Oakland needs a rebound and there's no better place than in Detroit to do it.
3: Yeah, I mean Oakland's just got the better football team right now. For some the Detroit Lions, you know, somehow rallied uh and hit the Packers who are going in the wrong direction, as you always say. I like the Raiders to get it done here and uh maybe the uh maybe the monarch of the uh Ford company comes out again with another drastic move at the end of this game.
1: if you missed it
3: this guy has become a leader and nobody understands how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers
0: versus the Philadelphia Eagles and of course you're talking about Mark Sanchez but oh no I'm just kidding James Winston's actually you're right he's kind of taking that team and uh, is the the rookie quarterback competition between him and Mariota has been interesting all year. He's going kind of back and forth. Uh, I think Winston has a little bit of the edge here. Let let him back to a big win and a clutch drive to win that game against Dallas. Uh, You know, it's, this is a team. I just don't know what to make out of it. Sometimes I'm going to take, Tampa Bay in this situation. Mark Sanchez just makes too many mistakes. Uh, Philadelphia, I I, I don't know what's going on with that team. Uh, They can't run the ball the first half of the season. The defense isn't that good. Uh, I'm taking the Buccaneers.
3: I agree. Uh, That speech by Jameis Winston, that post-game speech by Jameis Winston was what I was alluding to in the little intro. I mean, this guy—it's unbelievable. When this guy, what he was screaming last year in a Florida State cafeteria, (laughs) now when he's screaming after these football games, is just amazing. Uh, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get by a a hapless Eagles team. Man, Uh, we might see Chip Kelly on his way back to
1: the college football playoff committee. I had a good line. I forgot the
3: Oakland Raiders, Charles Woodson and Peyton Manning share the same statistic. They both lead the league in interceptions. So shout-out to Charles Woodson for doing it directly. Hey-oh. The Green Bay Packers lick their wounds and go in to take on division rival Minnesota Vikings, who lead the division.
0: Boy, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers went from being untouchable in the first eight weeks to – kind of average at this point it seems I know they had that frantic rally against Detroit but Minnesota has been really good on the defensive side of the ball Adrian Peterson's running the rock I'm nervous about Teddy Bridgewater and and his ability especially his arm strength coming down the stretch uh I'm not about Aaron Rodgers and I never thought I'd say this but Green Bay's in a Buy low, sell high situation here with Green Bay and Minnesota. I'm going to take the Packers uh, to, to find a way to win this one.
3: Well, I'm going to believe in Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Nerve Turner, those guys are going to find a way to get it done. All I agree with everything you just said, but one thing that you, one point you made that Adrian Peterson has been running the rock, and Adrian Peterson looks like Adrian Peterson. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers, and who is he going to throw the ball to? besides Randall Cobb, uh the James Jones magic has ro- worn off. Uh the Rogers to Rogers connection is pretty cool, Roger Roger. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not much going for them. And that rushing attack, Eddie Lacey is in and out of the lineup. James Stark has been picking it up, but they're not getting the production that you need from the rush- from the running game. So that offense is you know inept and it puts a lot of pressure on the defense which can't just, you know, take over a game. That defense is not built for that. So I like the Minnesota Vikings that he got Victor victory here by a field goal or something like that. Well, surprise, surprise, the chefs are back. The
1: Kansas City Chiefs
3: take on the San Diego Chargers.
0: Well, Andy Reid off a of bye. It's like clockwork. The guy's like 14-3 and three off a of bye. It's ridiculous. Uh, he knows how to get a team ready when he's got two weeks to, to prepare. Uh, doesn't have two weeks to prepare this week. San Diego does. Uh, They're probably out of it at this point, but Philip Rivers has been maybe the best quarterback in the league that nobody's talking about this year. Uh, He keeps losing weapons, but they still do have Danny Woodhead, Stevie Johnson, Antonio Gates, uh, Malcolm Floyd's going to – or Malcolm – Michael Floyd. Is it Michael or Malcolm? I always get Malcolm confused. Malcolm. Either way, he's going to continue to play through his shoulder injuries. I think they still have enough here. Um, Kansas City's defense played big in that game, but it was against a banged-up Dane Manning and Brock Osweiler. Not the case this week. I'm taking the Chargers at home off the bye.
3: The Kansas City defense has been good all year. They just keep giving up uh, points in the red zone. You know, the one thing is, oh, I guess that's what the defense is not very good. <laughs> You talk about San Diego, they're just too banged up on their defensive side um, to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they're, 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 Kendrick West has actually found a stride in that Andy Reid attack. And Andy Reid, in the regular season, is just like Jason. Every time you think he's dead, he keeps coming back. So I like the Chiefs here to win. Oh, the New York football
1: Giants. Fire him it gets the holes ready for the Houston Texans. The New York Jets take on the Houston Texans. I was trying to find it on there.
3: Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting here to see whether or not Brian Hoyer can go. Uh, If not, you got TJ Yates. Uh, Either way, it's not a great situation offensively anyway for Houston. The New York Jets aren't going to make it any easier. Uh, Houston played out of its mind against Cincinnati. They're coming off a short week. Uh, The defense overachieved. The Jets really need a win. Uh, smells like Jets win the me.
3: J.J. Watt's got some nerves being all cute and curt at the end of games when this team has been stinking it up all year. There's no way the Texans win this game. Jets win big.
1: The San Francisco 49ers go in to take on the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Yeah, another situation. I, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see Blake Gabbard in this one. It, who knows? Even if it's the worst quarterback in the league, Colin Kaepernick, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Seattle's such a better team than San Francisco. There's this is not going to be able to muster 200 total yards of offense, and their defense is just as bad as the offense. So I think Seattle's just going to blow them out in this one at home.
3: Yeah, but even though they can't use Jimmy Graham at that tight end position, I agree with you. For some reason, they traded for this guy, and they, you know he does. He did drop some balls last week, but uh, you got to throw that guy the ball fifteen times a game. for the weapon that he is, um, the Seahawks will find a way to beat a hapless Forty Nine ers team who might get Carlos Hyatt back, but we'll see the real Blaine Gabbert. Uh, I can't believe Blaine Gabbard's going to play uh, two weeks in a <laughs> row. Very good.
2: The Cincinnati
3: Bengals. The NFL does no favor to the Cincinnati Bengals as they play on Sunday night football
0: against the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of someone who needs to shut up, uh, the red rifle needs to shut up. I mean, yeah, J.J. Watt, it wasn't, you know, you're playing on a bad team. Your point's taken. But it was spur-of-the-moment just joke that Andy Dolan took way too far with his reaction Calling out the, the what are the kids gonna do that are watching? I mean, shut up, play football. It's it, he's in a bad spot here. The spotlight's on him. The only guy uh, on TV that night is gonna be him and uh, Carson Palmer. So Arizona's ready to blow to blow these guys out. I think Cincinnati is kind of showing it's it's true uh, true leadership type with Andy Andy I I just. I'm not feeling it. I th- I feel a collapse coming for the Bengals. The
3: problem that the Bengals
0: have right now, they're hitting
3: they're going up against one of the best teams in the league with the Arizona Cardinals and uh you know, unless the Bengals receivers learn how to catch the ball like they should, it really wasn't on Andy Dalton this week. As as I know that it's to pile on the red rifle who cares more about the children than the integrity of the game. Uh,
2: <laughs> and this is terror.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I really think that the Bengals receivers and Tyler Eifert really let him down this week. So if they catch half the balls that they dropped on Monday Night Football. The Bengals being be in a better position. But the problem is Carson Palmer's revenge will be the edge that night. And uh, Bruce Arians and that Cardinals offense will tear apart the Bengals defense. And it's not so bad to be 8-2. Uh, Cincinnati fans, I see Cincinnati fans ready to jump off the bridge on the way to Covington. It's not worth all that. Let's calm down down there. You're still going to make the playoffs. All it is about being healthy and finishing the season healthy and ready to go for that playoff run. Monday night football. The hits just keep on coming. Rex Ryan, the Buffalo Bills, and the Foxborough take on the New England Patriots.
0: And the hits just keep on coming for the New England Patriots. Now they lose Julian Edelman for the rest of the regular season, anyways. May get him back for the playoffs. I don't know how many guys they can keep losing and still be viable offensively. I guess that's the luxury of Tom Brady. But uh, Danny Amendola is going to have to step up, and I'm going to guess we're going to see a heavy dose of Gronk. Um, Buffalo, you know, they played on Thursday, so they got a couple extra days. But I just feel like coming off that. Emotional orgasm of a win for Rex Ryan against the Jets is going to be too much to overcome to get back up for the Patriots. Patriots at home on Monday night, forget about it. Absolutely, I
3: think you're correct in your assessment. Gronk goes crazy. Amendola, if he can stay healthy, will be the key. Uh, we've seen Tom Brady do it with less before, so he'll be able to adjust this one week. And they'll probably sign, you know, Terrell Pryor will probably come back or something like that. They'll get somebody off the waiver wire. Get ready for the Randy Moss comeback or something like that. The Patriots always. If you think about Wes Welker signing with the Rams.
2: Yeah, so I was week, about to, to say that. that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You could be right. He's got to be kicking himself, right?
2: Yeah.
3: No, he
0: had one catch in that game too, and uh,
3: kind of looked Welts
0: Welkerish. But
3: um, yeah, the Patriots will find a way here. To win this game, I actually think it will be the best Monday Night Football game we'll see because Lord knows the one coming after that one is a. But we'll be doing that on the next with an Ohio bias podcast. Enjoy your Thursday, Sunday, and Monday Night Football.
1: We missed one. Mm-hmm. We missed- Colts, Colts and Falcons.
2: Uh, I don't count that is as real. Yeah. <laughs>
3: The Indianapolis Colts, are they play in at Atlanta? Mm hmm. Yeah. The, the, the unlucky Indianapolis Colts go in to take on the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and another team off of by uh, Atlanta that desperately needs to get back on track. Indianapolis, obviously, still in the division. They're off of by two, but. Uh, I don't know if it means as much for them. They weren't going to get healthy off that bye. Um, Dante, Devontae Freeman's got to step it up. Uh, he he was incredible for about six weeks, and recently now he's really struggled running the ball. I think they'll get him the ball out of the backfield, through the air a little bit. They're at home. Uh, I I don't see Matt Hasselbeck being able to hang and put up enough points uh, to stay with Atlanta.
3: I actually like Matt Hasselbeck in that passing attack. Um, I don't like the, you know, you always talk about the timely turnovers. That's one thing Hasselbeck doesn't do, not unless it's a playoff, sudden death playoff game, you know, and they get the coin toss and he takes the ball. But uh, I like the Colts here with the weapons and Hasselbeck, you know, to have the game plan to win this one. The Falcons are just in a tailspin where you can't figure out with all that talent why they keep losing.
2: Matt Ryan sucking has part of that.
1: Well, there is that. <laughs> Ready for some Buckeyes?
3: Let's talk some Buckeyes. This is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. The tenth unit report, beat Sparty edition. I am D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. And I'm Jake from Youngstown to see us. We're talking Buckeyes. Ladies and gentlemen, the real game starts this week. The Ohio State Buckeyes, welcome in the Michigan State Spartans. Make sure your bags are clear because the only action we want to see is on the football field. Uh, we're, we're going to break this one down all the way around. There's nothing else to get to it. I mean, Ohio State beat Illinois soundly, so uh, if you want an Illinois recap, you've got to go somewhere else for that because we're talking about this game between ranked opponents, the Ohio State Buckeyes first, the Fighting D'Antonio. Let's set the table here, Jake. We know what's on the line here. Uh, Michigan State brings in Connor Cook with a shoulder injury. He's expected to play. They actually held him out of that game last week in the second half to make sure that he'd be healthy enough to play. I expect we're going to get Connor Cook at his best until
0: I see him at his worst. Yeah, see, I'm a little bit opposite on that. Uh, He's been very secretive about it when asked specific questions about uh, exams and, and throwing. The only thing you get out of him, and he doesn't. He always says I don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to answer this question until he answers the question with, oh, it feels great. And that makes me a little bit leery about his shoulder situation. I, I think it's a lot worse than, than it was. He looked terrible in that game Saturday. Uh, I, I, you know, he's a senior, this is a big game, and maybe he steps up and can fight through it, but I think it's a it's a definite issue for Michigan State
1: uh in this football game. One second. Well, you know, Connor Cook's not the only one that's
3: injured for the Michigan State Spartans. Their safety, R.J. Williams, had a torn bicep muscle, um, and it, it, the, the problem is with a lot of the other players. We don't know who's going to be possible because Mark D'Antonio was going Belichick on us with, you know, not disclose, not you know, not disclosing, but not discussing these injuries as they're coming into this huge game. Uh, you know, they 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 struggled a little bit against Maryland. They've been struggling, you know, we know what happened against Nebraska with the play out of bounds, but even that they were in a position where a play like that could beat them. Uh Michigan State's death has definitely been a question and uh you, you wonder if that running game also too with LJ Scott and and Madre London is ready to go. And they lost Ed Davis, that linebacker on the defense too. So that's two different key positions on defense. Um, and you're looking at those healthy running backs. I think the Buckeyes are going to see, you know, not Michigan State at 100%, but they know, we we'll know, they'll be a tough challenge.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've
0: been waiting for this game since last year. If it's a revenge game, uh, they can do to us what we did to them. And, yeah, there, there, there are some concerns. I mean, ah, uh, oh, shit, the, the wide receivers in Langford.
2: Um, uh, I know Burbridge.
0: Oh, Burbridge. That's what I'm trying to, yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of. You
2: know,
0: Burbridge is still a very dangerous wide receiver in this offense. Uh, they, they've always been able to run the ball. They got a big offensive line. Uh, they don't have that bell cow running back. Like you said, they pretty much rotate two, even three guys, uh, sometimes, but they're definitely a team. And this is where I think Ohio State can take advantage of them. And, Ohio State, let's be honest, they, they've, there's been a lot made about the pass protection and, and uh, just kind of a vanilla playbook, and, and I think that's by design. I think we're going to see them open it up a little bit more
2: because
0: Michigan State's going to be tough to run on. That defensive line is very good. Uh, but they, can, they give up a lot of yardage throwing the ball, and this might be an opportunity for Ohio State to actually set up the run with the pass Um, I I think it was almost a good thing that they struggled with pass blocking so much against Illinois. Uh, It it puts the focus on it. It it puts that we're going to come out and we're going to protect the quarterback mentality to practice this week. And I I have no doubt that it will get corrected. Uh, This offensive line is too talented and the coaching staff's too good. Um, So a, a little bit of maybe a surprise. I expect Ohio State, to actually throw the ball uh quite a bit in this game. Well, the one
3: guy who is healthy for the Michigan State Spartans is the you know, one of the Big Ten's best defensive players, right behind Joy Bolson, that's Calhoun. Uh so the offensive line definitely has to be played better. You look at this Ohio State situation with the offense, JT Barrett's back is it's three keys that automatically step into my jump out of me into my head is, one, we've got to not turn the ball over. JT Bears had a fumble almost in every game, and you kind of look past it in Rutgers and Penn State because he lit lit the scoreboard up. But, you know, the same thing happened against Illinois, and, I mean, these are fumbles that cannot have in key situations that put the defense in, you know, uh, bad spots with the short field for the offense that they're facing. The other thing when you look at this Ohio State offense, they were four of 13 on third downs in the a game against Illinois. They've got to get the third down conversions, got to keep the ball rolling, and um, they've got to score touchdowns because we know the kicking game is a little suspect. Uh, one last key is one guy's got to get the ball, and he's got to get that ball in the end zone, and that's Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller only has four touchdowns this season. I know it's crazy to think about two in the Virginia Tech game, um, and now this guy's got to get the ball
0: more and definitely be the game breaker in this game. Yeah, I think they need to be creative with Braxton. Uh, I feel like they they're forcing it a little bit to him at times. I, I know he only touched it four times, and that's uh, you know kind of contradictory. But it, it just felt forced. Like oh, Braxton hasn't touched the ball yet. We better get get him some touches. Um, I expect him to be part of that vanilla offense opening up. Um, yeah, I, I would also hope to see Jalen Marshall in a game that you're going to throw a little bit more seems like every time he touches the ball, he makes a play. Uh, and we know how good Michael Thomas is. I mean, the guy is pretty much a professional football player in college. Uh, so, so those are all, uh, you know, good positive things considering the matchup. You're right. The third down stuff has been a problem all year. You've got to continue to extend drives and, and give that defense a breather. Uh, three and outs are not going to work on, in this game. Uh, and as far as the kickers go, Michigan State might be worse than ours, so uh, don't look for this for this game to come down to a last-second field goal, uh, either way. It's uh, going to be a lot of fourth and uh, fourth and uh, short yardage. It's going to be go time uh, in the field goal range department. I think.
3: Well, I'm very excited that this is a 3:30 start at the Horseshoe. Uh, the Buckeyes give them at home. Uh, college game day, going to be in the house. Uh, wonder who Kirk Herbstreit is going to pit. Um, you know, but he won't be he won't be picking the game because he's doing the game. But uh oh no, he, he he'll be doing the end. he'll he'll pick the game actually, because he does the night game.
0: So No, uh, there is no night game this week. No night game this week. Oh
3: no. uh, no, we, yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, um, they must be showing they must be showing the great Charlie Brown. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I think Herb Street is on the call for this one. Uh, the eight o'clock game on A B C uh, there is none. <laughs> TCU and Oklahoma play at 8 o'clock. That's the only game other than Tulane and SMU, and I doubt that game's on ABC. I
3: think the, I think uh, you know what game it probably is. um Memphis Temple or something like that. They're probably just going to move them up.
2: Yeah,
0: not sure. Either way, I think Herbie will be on the call. Plus, it's easy for them to bail him out of having to make a pick. But we will get to see Corso put the Buck, Brutus Buckeye head on
2: yeah, and
3: hopefully Mechadon music makes it on there. Uh shout out to DJ Baby Max. Shout out to all the Buckeye fans. We know you'll be prepared to go. And I think that's gonna be a key too. The Buckeye fans will be fired up for this one. Uh, you know, it's a healthy respect and love for Mark D'Antonio, but you know, everybody else the Buckeye Nation helps the hates the green and white. Um one one other thing that I look at this game, I think the Buckeyes will be able to do what they've done all season long and even to last year they'll wear this, you know, Michigan State team down into the third and fourth quarter. And I think that also will be the key in that our depth will come to shine through with the talent that we have both on defense and offense. And i got to say that this Silver Bullets team, this Silver Bullets defense has played great, and I look for them to make plays and really, you know, keep them play, keep playing at the high level that they have. Uh, Chris Ash is very fired up for this one. He has some great comments and, you know, I know the Buckeyes aren't looking past next week because they know how important this game is,
0: yeah, absolutely. I agree with a lot of that stuff um it, it, great coaching matchup Dino's I uh, got a lot of respect for the guy. I think losing Narduzzi has hurt them as much as losing Tom Herman has hurt us uh this game it it, it comes down to the Buckeyes ten game preseason is over, and they're gonna play up to their competition. I, I don't see Michigan State, who has struggled with a lot of bad teams, uh, being able to uh, come up to another level to face the Buckeyes with an injured quarterback. Uh, I got the Buckeyes in this one pretty big, 35-10. to 10. Uh, I don't think Michigan State is going to be very effective offensively, and I think the Buckeyes are in for some big plays. College game days, there. Make it dawn. Let's get them on. Either way, it's the last shot to go watch your Buckeyes. So uh, bring
3: the juice. Can't agree with that.
0: No need to hold anything back, ladies and gentlemen.
3: So, you know, go ahead, get the kegs and eggs rolling 5 a.m. I like the Buckeyes as well, pretty big, 42-17. I think the Buckeyes roll here, and uh, we get ready to take down to – we get ready to flush that hairball down the faucet, but – uh, we go green and white first and put down Sparty.
1: There's a reason the Spartans lost in 300. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week talking
3: about the successful Ohio State Buckeyes. As always, go Bucs. Buckeyes follow
1: Buckeyes. IO Purpose, so, I wouldn't have to search for it. I'm still searching for it. All right, let's try to get this time guy on. recovery I'm sorry I missed your call if you leave a message I'll get back to you as soon as possible pick up your phone John Yeah. Jake. I'm still h yeah, I'm still here. okay. Definitely when I hit speaker,
3: uh for it to scare the shit out of me. Um Oh, Sunday morning at eleven o'clock. Can you do an interview with Vince? The uh yeah. author the Cleveland yeah. Finance book. I'll send you the digital yes. copy you sent it. So uh but uh yeah, I mean, basically, it's going to be attacking this guy over Jim Tomey, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for him to put him on
3: the cover. I don't even think I'm going <laughs> to put the question to him. I'm just going blindside. <laughs>
0: Seriously.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, you know, I'm even okay with him doing a
0: chapter on him, but to put him on the cover, come on.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: do a, do a chapter on Omar Vizquel, for Christ's sake.
3: Uh, I actually had picked three good games for in the book last, and they all hit. Oh yeah. All right. hold, nice. hold on. Hold
1: on one second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, yep, okay, I be a phone all right, there
3: John wasn't. I don't know, the guy's all over the place. So. But he, he did have uh, three winners last week, too. He picked uh, – what did he pick? Georgia State was one. I know. I saw that. What was it? He had three re- real obscure ones. Uh, Tennessee over North Texas was the other one. Um, It was the numbers, but I can't remember what the number. But he won that one, too. He was three and them the guy just the so. I forget what the other one was. It was another – was it I think it was like uh Texas El Paso versus somebody or something like I don't know. Actually, I do know what it was. Georgia State Texas State. Oh, he had the Virginia Cavaliers over. Whatever that Virginia Cavaliers
0: game was. What's the other one? Gotcha. Yeah. All right. This so what's is with the, the an
2: deal? Ohio
3: So oh. yeah.
0: What's his deal? He's not coming on. Oh,
3: oh, that's what, yeah, my bad.
0: Yeah,
3: um, no, we, I mean, what, we, if you can put it together, we'll do it another time, either Wednesday tomorrow or Thursday. But um, yeah, he's not prepared to go right now. So, gotcha. Oh yes, got here I got all. This is with an Ohio bias for pot, uh, This is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake, college football show. I am D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred.
0: And I'm Jake from Youngstown to Bus,
3: and we're talking college football. College football week thirteen. Uh, we will give you our takeaways from the week that was in college football. We will. Well, at least I will shake my fist at the playoff, college football playoff committee. And then, of course, we will look at our predictions for the big ranked matchups on separation Saturday. Jake, uh, we look at these takeaways from last week, the action that was in college football. Uh, I, I personally have to start with the Clemson Tigers, the number one team in the nation, struggling with the Syracuse Orange men. And in that respect, to I look at the TCU Horned Frogs struggling with Kansas. I know Trayvon Boykin went out, but you got to have somebody. Gary, Gary, uh, Gary Patterson's got to have somebody down there to put on the purple and black to so be able to get past the mighty Jayhawk football team.
0: Yeah, I mean, TCU, if they're that good, then they should be able to have me play quarterback and you running back and still be able to beat Kansas. It's Kansas for crying out loud. They're absolutely terrible and to have a guy on scholarship at quarterback come in actually two guys, maybe even it was three, uh to to not be able to put away Kansas is just really a statement on how bad that team is when you take away uh, their best player, obviously, is and he took away Boykin, too, I guess. But still, it's Kansas. you got to be able to put away Kansas. Uh,
3: of course, the biggest one that you look at is the Baylor Bears um, choking it away to Oklahoma. Basically, um, statement you know, the, the true freshman quarterback, looked all the part of a true freshman and got outplayed by Baker Mayfield, of all people. And the Baylor defense didn't do him any favors as well.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was a choke job. I've been saying it all year that the Baylor defense is terrible. And Oklahoma actually plays, of all the Big 12 teams, they're the the most resemblant of a real defense. And I think that's what showed against uh, even down in Waco where they should have had the advantage. Uh, Baker Mayfield played great, and he's getting himself into the Heisman conversation. And I'll tell you what, look out for this Oklahoma team. It reminds me an awful lot of the Buckeyes from last year with a bad loss on their resume and a team that's surging at the right time. Uh, they run the ball, they play defense, and they're, they're getting the, the play from the quarterback. And even at the wide receiver position with Shepard, uh, this team's a, a very good team, and a couple things fall the right way. They're going to find themselves in the playoffs. And then the other one
3: that you know, of course, you got to point to is how the Pac-12 won its out of the college football playoff.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, Oregon's starting to figure out a few things. They've gotten healthy and uh, went in and took care of Stanford, and it's just—I I don't think it's um, a, a product of. A bad conference. I think it's just a very evenly matched conference all the way through. There's not a great team, but there's a lot of very good teams. And unfortunately, a lot of very good teams in a conference is going to get you left out of the playoffs. Uh, two lost teams are probably done unless some madness starts happening. Uh, but then again, you know, the playoff committee today only uh, dropped Stanford down to number 11. So uh, there's still games to be played, and you never know what could happen. And actually, that number eleven ranking really helps Notre Dame uh, in in all of this because uh, it, that still would be a pretty good quality win to go to the farm and and beat Stanford there. So, uh, if anything else, uh, I think Stanford remaining in the top fifteen at number eleven's the biggest beneficiary of Notre Dame.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, Notre Dame gets propped up with that uh, that Stanford game still at the end. Uh, you really feel bad for the Pac-12. I think they're one of the best conferences in the uh, in the country, and they're not. It's not getting reflected in the in in the rankings. Um, you know, we, we, it's a very sad situation whenever somebody has to step away. We talked about Gary Kill with his health. Uh, uh, for a moment, we want to talk just briefly about Gary Pinkel. Uh, you know, I know he's not. We're not the biggest fans of what he's done at Mizzou, but uh, the guy did build that program into somewhat respectability and definitely uh they won the sec twice going into that conference you got to say something for that
1: yeah
0: uh like you said uh not the it wasn't the biggest gary pinkel fan as a as a coach but he definitely left his mark on missouri and you wish him nothing but the best obviously it's horrible news and uh not the way you want to leave a leave a program like that but uh best wishes to Gary Pinkle. And, you know, who knows, maybe Missouri will be better off uh, in the long run if they can uh, attract someone that can maintain at the very least what Gary Pinkle will start.
3: Yeah. And he you, 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 is very sad. Gary Pinkle diagnosed with uh cancer. Um, the reason that we bring it up here on what's an Ohio bias, he's a Kent state grad and, uh, Here's one for you, Jake. I think you can get this trivia question. Who did Gary Pinkle play with when he played at Kent State? Another college football coach. Another college football coach? Give me a conference. If I give you a conference, you'll get the answer. Yeah. Uh, I already gave gave you a huge clue by saying it's a college football coach. (laughs) (laughs) Gary
0: Pinkle's
2: age.
3: Here's Uh, the best clue I'll give you. The second best football coach in the nation.
0: Uh, Nick Saban. There you go. So uh, that's.
3: I love that. Here on What's in Bi- Ohio Bias.
2: There you go. Good one.
3: As we look at these college football committee rankings this week, uh, nothing really changes at the top here. Nothing really changes here at the top. Uh, the Clemson Tigers are still number one. Alabama's number two. Uh, nobody understands how they're above Ohio State. Ohio State number three. And Notre Dame, number four. Iowa holds strong at number five, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys at number six. Uh, The real thing is that Oklahoma Sooners are right behind them, so the Big 12 is at six and seven, and it's not TCU and Baylor anymore. Uh, The Florida Gators, who uh, clinched the SEC East um, with a stout record of one loss, are number eight, and uh, the Michigan State Spartans uh, provide that number, that top 10 ranked. Uh, matchup, that number nine ranked matchup against the Ohio State Buckeyes this week, uh, and then Baylor rounding out that top ten. One thing I want to talk about real quick with this college football playoff committee is that the, the back end of this, the back end of this rankings, once again, just it doesn't make any sense to me. How Houston is not in the top 15 makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and how a two-loss Michigan team is, you know, it, I, I I don't – it. If you're watching these games and you're seeing what's happening, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, You can make the same argument for a North Carolina team. Uh, They should be ahead of, you know, LSU and other things. Uh, My thing right now, and here's the thing with me with the college football playoff committee. You've got to value quarterback play. It's almost like the NCAA tournament values guard play. You should be valuing quarterback play. And, you know, you're looking at two teams in North Carolina and Houston that – have some of the best quarterback plays going. Houston bought in their backup quarterback last week. Guy didn't miss a beat. He actually led them to a win over Memphis with a great comeback. How you don't, you know, reward that is beyond me if you're really watching these games the way the committee claims.
0: Yeah, big. Uh, that was an incredible win by Houston. Down 21 points with your backup quarterback, uh, Tom Herman. Cool as a cucumber, but... Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I think an undefeated Houston team with a, a decent one against Memphis should be a little bit higher, but the, their strength of schedule is so bad uh, before this. Um, I, I, I don't really have a lot of problems. The North Carolina one does bother me a little bit. I kind of agree with your thought on the quarterback play, and there's nobody doing it any better at the moment than Marquise Williams. Uh, the guy is just lighting teams up. Uh, it'll be interesting this week against Virginia Tech. Uh, in Blacksburg, if he can keep that up, but uh, North Carolina was disrespected a little bit. Uh, I, I really don't have that big of a problem with the way, with where they have them ranked. I, I just have the same complaints about the system itself. You know, there, there's no criteria. Uh, we don't know how much, you know, uh, um, trending upward is counted towards the grade. Is it the best teams playing right that are playing right now? Is it your full body of work? Uh, it's just so arbitrary, and there's no they put out no guidelines on what they're actually looking for, uh, except for in very general terms. And to me, it, it just it, it just seems a little greasy and just not not on the up and up. Uh, I guess maybe history will eventually establish. Uh, what the criteria is, but it would be nice if if there was a little bit more clarification.
3: Yeah, and I got an argument for the Washington State Cougars to also be ranked, um, especially over an old Miss team that's in there. So you know, I could I could I could nitpick this. I could go through you know each one, uh, but we will move on to the game that you just mentioned, and we get into prediction game. We go to
0: Blacksburg, hey. Virginia. Hold on, so before you uh, do that, I got a couple of takeaways I want to sneak in. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, now, just a couple of the things that I saw that this weekend that caught my eye. Uh, let's start with Jake Redick. Um I know it was Indiana, but we're seeing with a good coach what a bad player can become. Uh, he's being put in good situations, and he's making smart decisions. And I never thought about I'd say this, but Jake Reddick is actually getting better. Uh, and that's, I that mean, not so much for this year, but going forward, it's just a testament to we, you know, we kid him for uh, hairball and that sort of stuff. But the guy's a damn good coach, and he's going to get that program turned around really quick. Uh, and if he gets a real quarterback in there, look out, because uh, uh, he is definitely a wizard with the quarterbacks. Well, in the mortal words of LeBron James, you know,
3: it doesn't matter who's at the helm up there. And uh, I wish Jake Rudolph the best in his Arena League football career. <laughs>
0: and then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the New Mexico Lobos, 31, <laughs> Boise State, 24 at the blue turf of Boise. New Mexico and Bob Davie were a thirty-point underdog going into this game. You thought Ronda Rousey was an upset? Forget about it. New Mexico beating Boise in Boise. What an upset for the Lobos! Yeah, well, the Ripens
1: stay being the um, and uh, shout outs to those Lobos. And we we already mentioned. Uh... You think it is you, you, you okay with Clemson
3: struggling with uh, Syracuse? Uh,
0: you know what? Syracuse is just a, a sneaky team. It's so tough to play in the carrier dome at 12 o'clock, and then they've got a, a very good young quarterback there, too. So I wasn't shocked. I was a little bit shocked that they struggled as much as they did, but I thought it would be a little bit of a struggle uh, coming off a big win like that i uh, it was a definite letdown spot. I think the fact that they got through it, uh, you know, I'm not going to hold it against it because there's been plenty of times the Buckeyes have had to get through it too. So, uh,
3: it, uh, you okay. know, I, the one in Turkey hasn't well. been tough since Jim Brown played there. Let's be honest, man. I mean, like, uh, well, I look, mean, when's the last time Illinois has been
2: tough? You know, or, in, or Indiana 2007, Juice Williams. That, it was a tough then when they beat the Buckeyes. It, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, Donovan uh, we,
0: McNabb we covered, that, we covered that on last week's podcast, by the way. <laughs> Donovan yeah. McNabb was good. I mean, Syracuse... Yeah, had
3: Donovan McNabb, Marcus, I remember that Syracuse team, but, I mean... Yeah, uh, they had Sandler Jones there, I mean, but besides that, I mean, come on, man. You, you, they gave up... I, I'm just saying, I
0: mean, teams struggle, and the good teams go on the road in conference against familiar opponents, and sometimes they gotta they got to struggle, and I, I actually give... Clemson, credit for getting through that. Uh, when it, They should have ended up winning that game by 24 points. There were so many things in that game that went wrong, from Deshaun uh, Watson tripping over his own feet uh, to penalties to turnovers. It just was a sloppy game off of a big win on the road. I, I, I don't hold much, uh, much, much against Clemson for that. They're going to have their hands full with North Carolina in the ACC championship game. That's what
2: I don't mind. know I it's think that
3: I actually think I think i' we'll, we'll get to that when it comes, but I don't think that's the case, um, but I'll say this, John made this point on the podcast that'll never be heard. There's never been a point this year that the Buckeyes you felt like they were in danger of losing because the defense has played so well, you know, like and this John made that point last week, and I never even thought about that. he's like, yeah, they haven't played they haven't played well. But there never was any point like there was a real point in that game, you know, Syracuse against Clemson, where you know you look at it, you're like what, and I turned to the game, these guys are playing awful. So yeah, I mean, like
2: and and the thing that happened
3: against NC State, if anybody is the Florida State of this year, it's this Clemson team who will have to come back and try to win against Notre Dame against the NC State. I mean, they're giving up points. That defense is giving up so many points each weekend and week out. They're playing with fire. So.
0: No, I, I agree that they could be playing with fire, but, you know, it It was no closer than the Northern Illinois game was for us.
3: Let me ask you this question right now. Clemson plays Alabama. They beat them? No. Clemson plays Ohio State. They beat them? No. Okay, so how did your the number one team in the nation?
2: Because
0: the playoff committee are a
3: bunch of dopes, <laughs> first of all.
2: That's what the criteria is supposed to be, right?
0: <laughs> no, actually, that's the opposite of the criteria. They they don't look ahead. They don't say if this a, team A plays team B, who would win. They go off of what has been played. And so far, they've got a pretty good win against Notre Dame, uh, and they've been able to handle their business all year. So uh, as, as much as I disagree with Clubs are being ranked ahead, and I'm not supporting it in any way. I can understand why they're why they're ranked ahead of us. It doesn't make it right. Yeah.
3: Well, let's get into the predictions for this week and see who will be right. Uh, your beloved North Carolina Tar Heels go into Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies.
0: Yeah, North Carolina's feeling its oats right now, but Blacksburg is a tough place to play, and this team in Virginia Tech is 5-5, five and five, and they've got the bull record on the line, and they've got to win one of these next two games either against uh, UNC or North Carolina State. So expect a huge effort from Virginia Tech. Uh, their defense isn't the Miami defense. Uh, they're not going to Marvin uh, or uh, Marquise isn't going to be able to put up the same, the same numbers he's been putting up. Uh, and Brewers back and been playing pretty good. I think North Carolina ends up winning, but I think it's going to be a real close game.
3: I agree with that. Uh, you know, Frank Beamer, of course, has announced his retirement. So I think this is the, the, this is the bowl game for them. This is the one, uh, as the game is at home in Lane Stadium, um, I, I, I really do like Marquise Williams and the connection with Marcus Hollins for that Larry Fedora and that UNC offense, but like you said, Michael Brewers finally healthy, and I think we finally see the Virginia Tech Hokies play their best game of the season. Uh, enter Sandman, exit Beamer. The Baylor Bears limp into Stillwater to take on
0: the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I keep going back and forth on this one. I, I think Baylor will react well, but I'm nervous about Jared Stidham's back. Uh, if he can't be a threat with his legs and run the ball, he's just a one-dimensional freshman quarterback at that point. Um, it, Oklahoma State still has everything on the table to play for. Baylor, to a much lesser extent, kind of still does too have something to play for. I mean, Stuff happens very quickly in college football. So uh, I just think that Oklahoma State at this point uh, is just a little bit better because of the Stidham thing. Uh, so I'm going to take the Pokes reluctantly.
3: Yeah, the so-called guys at the top of the mountain of the Big 12 are now trying to play spoiler against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, the two teams from the great state of uh, the great OK State. Uh, Baylor, Shaq Linwood, you know, they should be able to run the ball. Uh, Iowa State got over 249 yards, but uh, this is not the Baylor offense who earlier this season was getting 54 points a game and over 700 yards a game. So uh, I like O.K. State here. I like O.K. State because you talked about that quarterback not being able to run. O.K. State has 34 sacks this year. So Emmanuel Akbar, who's unblockable, you know, will be coming for Sidman. And if he can't move his legs, he will be on the ground getting up. We stay in the Big 12. The TCU Horn Frogs hop on in to Oklahoma. Take on the Sooners.
0: Yeah, this is a men against, man against the boys type game. Uh, I've been saying it all year. TCU is a fraud. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if Boykin and uh, gosh, shoot the quarterback. Trayvon Boykin. Who's the running back? Oh, Dotson, that's the other one. That's the receiver. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah if, if Dotson and uh, – <laughs> I keep forgetting the guy's name. Trayvon Boykin. Thank you. If Dotson and Boykin can uh, play in this game, it gives TCU at least a, a fighting chance. Uh, I, I just think this Oklahoma team is trending in the right way, uh, hitting on all cylinders, whatever you want to say about it. Uh, I, I don't see them struggling with TCU. TCU might put up some points on Oklahoma, but they can't stop o- Oklahoma either. So uh, I'm thinking the Sooners.
3: I will say this. Now, between the game that we just discussed, Baylor and Oklahoma State, and TCU and Oklahoma, one of these Oklahoma teams is going to go check on Hyde again. So, you know, like one of them is not going to show up. I don't know if it's the Oklahoma Sooners team who got rickrolled by the Texas Longhorns earlier in this season at home. Uh, And it just just seems like one of these teams just finds a way to give it up. OK State got all they can handle from Iowa State last week. So uh, I like Oklahoma here as well. But it would not shock me if this team or the Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, end up losing. We take it out west, the Pac-12. The UCLA
1: Bruins take on the Utah Utes in Salt Lake City. UCLA versus Utah. You know. You, yeah.
0: Sorry, I was trying to click over and I kept in the wrong button. Yeah, UCLA, I, I, I don't know. There's another team I don't know what to make of. One week they look like world beaters. The next week they can't beat a middle-of-the-pack conference team. Um, Utah is still hanging around in the top 15, but they're starting to come back down to earth too. Um it, 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 this, this is a really tough one to call i just think that ucla is a little bit more uh a little bit more balanced uh can can throw the ball better uh, they're going to be able to put up more points than utah will at this point uh book it when, once utah gets down 10 or 14 points they're in a big big trouble when they have to go away from devonte booker uh I, I look for ucla to get up those 10 or 14 points and uh, be able to get away from Utah.
2: Johnson
3: returning is a huge impact for that UCLA defense. Uh, the only problem, I agree with what you said, the Utah youths can't play from behind. They got behind, and they got Dick Rod. They got caught, they, they caught the old Dick Rod down there in Arizona. Uh, they're back home in Salt Lake City. Hopefully the home crowd uh, gets the youths going. Travis Wilson has nine interceptions this year. Got to stop turning the ball over. If that happens, the Utah youths uh, will be successful. And I like the youths here. I do not like Jim Moore. He's 22 and 13 in his Pac-12 career. Uh, I think the youths get by here and get by uh, uh, UCLA team.
2: Then
3: in the Pac-12, the USC Trojans take on
0: Oregon I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. Uh, Oregon can't stop anyone, and UCLA is very good offensively. uh, But that Oregon offense all of a sudden is clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, USC isn't uh, the 85 Bears. So uh, this is going to be, I think, who gets the ball last. And uh, I'm going to say at this one, at home, Oregon gets the ball last.
1: I'll tell you
3: this right now: Oregon looks like Oregon, and uh, the UFC. You never know what you're going to get. They're on the road in Eugene. It's a tough environment. Um, then the Ducks haven't had much to crow about. The Ducks still have a slight opportunity to win that Pac-12 North, and I think they know what's on the line. They got to win out and hope that uh, you know Cal takes care of Stanford for them. I like the Ducks here. I like the Ducks huge over the USC Trojans. Yeah, and the SEC game, that should have been something that's not anything. The LSU Tigers take
0: on the Ole Miss. You never know what to expect in an SEC game anymore as far as points being scored. Uh, one week it's 41-40. The next week it's the 10-6 game. Uh, I, I kind of tend to lean it more being a 10-6 game in this one. Uh Mississippi is not going to be able to move the ball like they normally do against this LSU team, especially a really pissed off LSU team. Uh, and on the flip side, LSU just can't move the ball very well. Uh, they got Mississippi has a very good defensive line. Fournette has regressed a little bit here over the last couple of weeks. I think it's just going to be a low-scoring game. And uh, I, I'm going to take LSU uh, at this point just because uh, they're LSU.
3: They're not going to lose three in a row. I agree with you. LSU will
0: probably play the way they should have played the last
3: two weeks, and they'll come out and boat race Chad Kelly and the uh, Ole Miss Rebels. Um, oh the Mississippi teams have not fared well, but you you might see an inspired performance by Kendiche, who if he can hold Fournette down, we know we've seen Brandon Harris can't get it going on the passing side. So, uh, I really it's a it's a coin flip for me. I'll go with the Tigers though. Uh, let's do a quick hit on the teams that we know definitely will win because of these weak-ass fucking games that they schedule. Florida State and <laughs> Chattanooga. You think that's a win? Yeah. Clemson versus Wake Forest.
0: Well, at least it's a conference game.
3: Alabama against who? I just lost it. it Tennessee-Chattanooga? They are playing Charleston, I think. I can't even find the goddamn game. A... They might not
0: have even put it on the board.
3: <laughs> I think, no, they must be on a bye week. Are they,
2: I think they were playing somebody this week. They we'll look on kill steel real quick. Uh, Alabama is playing... Yeah, they the mean, trompetorce-
3: the Southern. You're right. which yeah.
0: You are right. Yeah. No, I said it's yeah. Martin. <laughs>
3: Alabama, Charleston Southern.
1: These
0: non conference SEC games are absolutely ridiculous at the end of the year. I've harped on this many a time, but to, to be scheduling teams like Idaho, Charleston Southern, uh, whoever it might be, you know, it seems like every year Western Carolina, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of flipping through looking at the Georgia Southern is playing Georgia in week three, 14. I mean, it, no, that's, a big game. that's a big game down there. Georgia might not be that one. Yeah, you're right. At this point, they might uh, be the lesser demon of those two. Uh, it, it, it's an absolute joke. that You should not be able to play out of conference after a certain point in the season. Uh, it, it's essentially a second bye week. You look at Alabama...
2: who
0: who came off a bye week, played a big game, and then essentially get another bye week by playing a a pack. So, you know, it's just another knock on on the SEC that uh, why they're so dominant. Uh, All their big games are either followed or uh, led led up to by a bye week, essentially. All right, let's get a couple of bonus games in here. Arizona, Arizona State.
3: Uh, Does Mike Precovici... Send Rich Rod to Virginia Tech
0: in the
2: Battle
0: of the Desert. Uh, Arizona seems to maybe have figured something out a little bit. Um, Arizona State and maybe a little bit also. It's actually a really intriguing game. Uh, I'll take the home team here. They're both battling for bowl games. Uh, Arizona State still needs to win one to get into a, a bowl. So uh, I'm going to take the Sun Devils in this one. I agree. I go forks up, Sunday Devils all the way. Uh, the
1: Memphis
3: Tigers go into Philadelphia to take on the Temple Owls.
1: I mean,
0: Memphis has to just – their heads have to be spinning uh, how they lost that game uh, Saturday to Houston. Backup quarterback down 21 points. I don't know if they can recover for that, from that. Uh, Temple went down to South Florida and laid a giant egg. Uh, And going back home now, outdoors, and maybe some crappy weather in Philadelphia, uh, I I just don't see it as being a good spot for for Memphis in this one. I'm going to take Temple on this one. Yeah, I agree.
3: That egg does stink all the way from South Florida, all the way to South Philly. I mean, my goodness, that was a terrible performance, but... I think that Memphis team uh, is broken, and that defense doesn't have a mojo that it had earlier this year playing from ahead with those big leads, with uh, giving up that uh, giving up that 21-point deficit to the Cougars, uh, like the Temple Owls here as well. Uh, we go to the Big Ten, Northwestern versus Wisconsin. No, it's not 1997.
0: I don't know how the hell Northwestern has won eight games. Uh, you, you look. You know what it is? It's the shorts. Ever since they stopped wearing shorts on the sideline, the coaches, and it started getting cold, Northwestern has completely gone into the share. Um, I I just don't see enough offense out of this Northwestern team. They're very good defensively. This could be another 10-6 game. I, I got to take the, the home team here. It's at Camp Randall in November. Jump around Wisconsin, on Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you, but for some reason, uh, I, I don't even know what Northwestern's playing for anymore. They already, you know, exceeded expectations than they did last season. They're going to a bowl game. So you think they would give this one up to Wisconsin, but uh, we remember the old battles back in the day. I think Northwestern, you know, exercises some demons and actually gets the nine wins here. So I'm just going to pick against Badgers because I hate to think of Badgers.
0: I will say this with one caveat. Northwestern will win if the coaches come out in shorts. That's going to have to be the key, though.
3: All right. One bonus game, just because I want to mention it, and uh, it will help you feel great about America again. The Navy midshipmen take on Tulsa. And Tulsa's no slouch, so I don't bring it up like the other games. Uh, But I think that – Reynolds is definitely a Heisman. He gets his ticket punch with this performance in this game. Uh, ticket punch to New York City for the Heisman Well,
0: this is just going to add to the the legend of Robinson. Um, I, I think Navy is too much for Tulsa to handle. But the, the interesting game is going to be when Navy takes on Houston. And if Houston, Houston's still undefeated, uh, that's going to be one heck of a football game. So looking forward to that. That will be the moment. If he's going to win the Heisman, the Keenan Robinson claims the Heisman is by Keenan upsetting Reynolds. Houston. Keenan, Keenan, Reynolds. I say Keenan Reynolds, Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Keenan mm-hmm. Reynolds. That will be the moment yep. when Keenan Reynolds gets grabs the Heisman when if they can upset an undefeated Houston team. I can't
1: even find who's Houston playing this week. let have it. Who cares? All right, ladies and
3: gentlemen, that has been the college football show. Uh,
2: be checking for
3: the in-the-book segment. And also, if you want the breakdown of the Ohio State big matchup with party coming into the horseshoe, we have a 10th unit report for you on with an com. So check that out, as always. As always, enjoy your Saturday of college football.
1: Let me plug the score right. real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, and don't forget to check it out uh, Friday 2 to 4 o'clock with an Ohio Bias Live score on air.com. Download the TuneIn app on Google Play or the iPhone App Store uh, to listen live. That's 2 to 4 on Fridays with an Ohio Bias Live. We will be talking a lot of football and getting into uh, you know a little bit of Blue Jackets, a little bit of Cavs, a little bit of everything. So check it out. All right, man. Do um, that show Sunday.
3: We've got to if we do a show next week for college football. We got to do it Monday night because I will have to try to get it done because then I'm gonna be traveling that Tuesday. So,
0: just FYI. Okay, that should work. Okay. Yeah, we got. We definitely got to do something with the Michigan game. Yeah. So. Okay,
1: cool. All right, man. I'll keep it in mind. All right, talk to you later. All right. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.
0: Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.